0: Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. And we showed up this morning during a lightning storm and you got stuck outside because of security. Yes. And had to wait for a while in said lightning storm. But once we got in the building, then Mike Zimmer called his own press conference to announce that the Minnesota Vikings are not trading Anthony Barr.
1: There was an alleged report that he, had, he felt the need to respond to, which that is so out of character. This is not somebody who responds to rumors or any sort of speculation.
0: Right. So it was a very strange day because none of us could figure out where this report came from or what he was referencing, and we still, at this very moment, do not know. But what was interesting to me is how effusive Mike Zimmer was in his praise for Anthony Barr, that he wanted to make it very clear how much he appreciates Anthony Barr and how much he uh, adds to the defense and opposing offenses have to factor in Anthony Barr when they're game planning against the Minnesota Vikings. And he went on and on about all these things that Anthony Barr can do. So my question for you, Courtney, is how does this end with Anthony Barr? Does it end with long-term contract extension three days from now? trade to Cleveland three days from now? (laughs) Or does it end up with us just going through this all year with him on his fifth year option? And then we don't know. I don't think Anthony Barr will be with the Vikings
1: in 2019. I don't think they can afford him and his value. Uh, I think that if you do sign him to an extension now, you price yourself out of free agency for the next two, one or two years, at least Um, that's not a position that they want to be in because you have to factor in, Yes, there are restructures that are certainly on the table next season between Kyle Rudolph, who has a $7.5 million hit in 2019. Andrew Sandejo has a $5.5 million hit. Um, what about Sheldon Richardson? What if you really like him? What if he is the the crux to this three-technique position that Mike Zimmer values so much among his defensive line and his front seven that you want to retain him? I don't think you'll be able to. So... And it's not based on anything from the last two days that makes me believe that. I felt that after they signed Stephon Diggs, that that's probably the last one that they're going to get done. Now, would it surprise me, given the circumstances of the last few days, that he does get a contract extension and it does happen some point during camp? Not at all. I would, I, you know, I, I, there's there's ways to make this happen. I'm not saying it's financially like impossible. You can move money around, and I, you know I de- had an article up the other day detailing what the what they could do right now and what they could potentially do if they want to franchise tag him. I just don't think that while Mike Zimmer said he, you know, Anthony's one of his guys. It was the first guy he drafted when he got here. He's, he's always been a big proponent of his guys. I remember asking him at the combine and Barr is among the, the group of, you know, very small group of players that he's, you know, stand on a table. That's what he referred to them as. Um, Somebody he really, really likes part of the system, I just don't know if it's financially the best decision for them to do because of what the restrictions are if they do sign him.
0: So you want to do a pie chart?
1: Oh, God.
0: Okay, so... I, I don't think
1: I can handle this. Yes, it's you It's been can. a long day of camp, and... I just don't think the math is there. Okay.
0: It, it it wasn't a great day for either one of us. I uh, got shot down in an interview. A guy outweighted you, and you didn't get him. So seriously,
1: like, I, I that my problem is I didn't. I showed up to work. I didn't put one hundred and fifty percent effort in in waiting. That's right. I waited fifteen minutes. Had I waited sixteen, I probably would have gotten said player.
0: Cough cough. Jaleel Johnson. So of the three outcomes, how are you? Divvying up your percentages of the pie let's chart.
1: Go, let's just go 33%, 33%, and thirty no, I'm kidding. Um let me just let me just pull word do you out. You need here. an actual yes. pie chart
0: to look at this. Well, no, it's I just, just need, out just of a hundred percent.
1: I know that. I have to just put the percentages down. All right. Let's do I'm gonna say forty percent for the first uh for my first thing I'm gonna say here is that. He walks in 2019.
0: 40% that he leaves. In okay. 2019. So that means you have 60%, 60% to here, still yes. work with. Yes. This,
1: this is good. Um, I'm going to go 25% chance that they get something done in camp.
0: So that leaves you with 35% that he is traded?
1: Actually, let's. <laughs> I knew this was not going to work. I'm so sorry to everybody <laughs> listening. I actually forgot what the other option was.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right. But let's let's go through. God, let's, let's this. just start let's, this over again. Let's go through the evidence here for for all three <laughs> outcomes, okay?
1: Okay. So can we
0: start with trade? Let's start with trade. I think that coming out and having a press conference about how you're not going to trade someone makes everyone think you're going to trade smoke. It
1: just much. seems like where there's smoke, there's fire, no?
0: Yes, if, of course it does.
1: So, okay, let's start with trade. I'm going to actually like just delete this that I just wrote out. I'm going to put the trade at 10%. Okay. I don't think it's likely. Um, as Somebody pointed out to, I think, both of us on Twitter that this kind of sounds like something that might have happened before with Percy Harvin. I mean, it happens um, all the
0: time with owners who give coaches sure. a vote of confidence. Like, we are not firing Coach John, and then Coach John <laughs> is out the door with one more loss.
1: Yeah, no. There's um, there's no reason for me to really think that something would happen now with a trade, and there's reason for that. There's no trade partner. You're not trading – there's not one for one. You're not going to go trade Anthony the, – the rumor that was out there, I think, is the one that, like, people were freaking out about, <laughs> that they were going to, like, try to get Khalil Mack in here somehow, um, which – You'd be trading more than Anthony Barr to get Khalil Mack. Let's just let's put that out there. Um, there's no trade partner because if you're going into it thinking, okay, my window would win right now. I need an offensive lineman. Teams don't have tackles available, honestly, unless you're Oakland. There's um, only
0: like 16 good tackles in the whole league anyway. Yes. They're and not I mean, trading. Them.
1: You, wouldn't, you wouldn't trade Barr for a guard. I mean, you've got Remmers at guard, and he's going to be – if he doesn't practice the next few days, even if he doesn't practice, you know, the next week, two weeks, he's going to be fine. I have confirmation that he is absolutely slow playing this, and it's smart because he's a seven-year vet. There's no reason to rush it, anyways. Um, so there's no trade partner. If you're going to trade Anthony Barr for like some conditional picks in, in 2019 and players to be named later, I don't know why you do that right now. Because you know, what team's going to want to get Anthony Barr and then be like, "Wow, we got to pay him a ton." because of what he could potentially do this season, and then obviously his contract's up. So that, it doesn't make sense. There's just not a lot of logical options as why a trade would be involved. But I'll put it at 10%, where there's smoke, there's fire. It was a weird response on Anthony's part mm-hmm. yesterday by saying that, you know, talk to the head man, like that it was something that, yeah, there was a reason why he We Mike Zimmer said it was a tweak. We don't know what was tweaked because he doesn't talk about injuries, and he actually deferred to you on that during the interview this
0: morning. And I botched it, to be honest. You
1: did not do I, your best uh, press secretary. You were, What was the first guy that Trump had that got fired? Sean Spicer. Spicer. You are Sean Spicer.
0: I really didn't do a great job. He deferred to me to answer the injury question. Exactly. And I just said, we don't talk about injuries in training camp, and that was the best I could do. And you, then I said, we'll keep it internal.
1: Yeah. Sarah Sanders would have been very displeased in you, but you could have forcefully de- delivered
0: yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. right. I, I could have... Uh, I could have used the, the moose and the lamb, right? Remember yes. the SNL yes. thing? So the evidence for a trade, there isn't a lot. Very little. And but I do think
1: it is weird because there just seems like there was something. This could have been very easily handled. Anthony's saying like vet day. It was a vet day yesterday. Yeah. Lie if you have to, because this this whole thing opened up an unnecessary can of worms.
0: Right. Oh, you could have just said, I, "I don't want to talk about it. I tweak something and I don't want to talk about it." That, yeah, he could have done that's that not, too. That's
1: not going in injuries. You're fine if you do that.
0: So the next category. So you're putting ten percent on that. I will <laughs> yes. I will agree with you. We'll do this together. Okay. I will agree with you. Ten percent. It's very low. I might even put it lower, but we'll stay with ten percent. I don't. <laughs> I just don't think there's percent. a huge chance because of what are your options to get back. Jamie Collins was traded by the Patriots. That was really stunning. They took a draft pick back, right? Mm -hmm. And this team is really not in a position to take a draft pick back for a starting linebacker. No. And who are you going to put in for him? Ben Gideon? No, he's a one-dimensional run stuffer. Eric Eric Wilson, Wilson, Uh, Kendrell Brothers. I mean, like these guys suspended the
1: first four games, so it's not even an option,
0: right? These are not guys who can play really starting linebacker in the NFL
1: and be a hybrid pass rusher
0: right so very unlikely unless you were trading him for some other linebacker who was going to start and if you are trading for a guard or tackle you're robbing peter to pay paul and it doesn't really help you at all no so next one is the contract extension comes soon i put a high percentage on this one because zimmer was so defensive to run out there and say no 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 no. we love anthony barr we're not trying to trade him I feel like it was a message to Anthony Barr that it's... It's going to happen. Maybe it's, maybe not so much it's going to happen, but maybe if they really are desperately trying to keep him, which you could see Zimmer fighting tooth and nail for that because it's his defense. And you notice that every time something happens on offense, he gets something on defense. So Kirk Cousins comes in and then Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. Richardson, and Zimmer's got a huge smile on his face. Well, you had Kendricks and Hunter... But then Stefan Diggs. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you're going to sign Diggs, yeah. then let me keep my guy, uh, Eric, you know, Anthony Barr, too. So I put this one pretty high that they will just try to work around all the money situation and do the best they can. And I think that's what it was. I think he was coming out and sending a message no, no, Anthony, don't take this that we want to get rid of you. We want to keep you around and sign you to an extension. I think that they made this
1: thing worse by, like, addressing the rumor. That's not even a rumor. Okay, I'm over it. I'm over it because I think—, I think No, it's
0: not a rumor. I, I d- think
1: Zimmer made this worse, to this, be quite honest. This was These, only,
0: like, dark web.
1: Okay. what What's the percentage that you put on it? And you said the, the, we're betting that this is the extension coming soon, as in training camp.
0: because yeah, uh, before the I, season.
1: Before season, okay. I, I don't think—okay, I, I, I okay. that just what's your percentage?
0: I'll say 50. All right. I'm going to say there is a 50% chance that they decide— They're going to work it out with him, and the only thing that could be a holdup Mm -hmm. would be the other 30%, 40%, just like I said, (laughs) would be that Anthony Barr simply just wants to get the most dollars he can possibly get, which would mean he signs wherever next year that he takes his $12 million this year and is a happy man and then takes whatever number of dollars someone lays out in front of him, and that's all he cares about, which is fine, mm-hmm. and I would not criticize him for. But considering what people get paid, if you go out on the free agent market as a guy with his talent, someone's going to go crazy. There's always a team that Cleveland.
1: Has- with right. Jamie Collins, that's a, team, a perfect example of that. Yeah,
0: a team that has a rookie quarterback that can afford it. Somebody, If you draft a rookie quarterback and there was a bunch of them that came into the league, what happens a lot is you have cap space because you're not spending it on the rookie quarterback. So Cleveland has signed Collins and Michael Kendricks and a bunch of other guys, these offensive linemen. You could see him feeling the same way. Let me go out there and see how much money I can possibly get. And that's why I think that that one is almost as likely – as he signs here sometime soon.
1: We talked about this on the way out yesterday that maybe he didn't practice because he was getting close to a deal. Um, That still hasn't actually been ruled off the table. Like the, the thought of, you know, him tweaking something, well, hey, maybe you're close to a deal, maybe, you know, take the day off, something like that. But it just, the delivery, you know, we're journalists. We read people's body language. We read how people react and how they speak. Like that just didn't, add up to me
0: when he was saying ask Zimmer ask the head man it just kind of
1: seemed like it's out of my hands right, You're gonna have to right. ask him. that's like, what it sounded know.
0: like so it was a it was an odd answer and maybe it didn't mean anything
1: yeah Continue. anyways so I don't I'm gonna put the extension coming soon at 35% um you gotta use all the percentages I thought we agreed no because because then I have 55% to use as he's not gonna be here next year thanks for making me spoil everything so I have 10, uh, for me, 10% on the trade,
0: 35% the extension comes soon. Okay, so you have less on the extension coming soon than I do.
1: Yes. Was that not clear?
0: Oh, I thought we were working together. Here.
1: No, we're not. This is, this, <laughs> okay. well, we work together on the trade. I, I am not with you here. You said 50% on the extension coming soon. I think it's less than that. Okay. All right. We really are bad at math.
0: It's just charts and, and, <laughs> it's so hard. and lists. Lists everything. And really, anything that we could use. On there this are podcast. people
1: listening to this right now, shaking their heads, being like, "I'm going to buy you what, what was that? What was the thing that kids used to use?
0: I mean, all we really not need hooked on, is hooked just, on phonics for math. Is there a thing yeah. like that? We just need like Microsoft Word.
1: I'm doing this in Microsoft Word currently, and
0: still botching it. So nope. what's you're your, the one. Who, okay, anyways, what is your case for the extension coming soon? Not coming soon.
1: Well, to me his value of where he could potentially see himself is within that 11 $12 million range. Do the Vikings want to give him something like that? Well, wouldn't they have already given it to him? You know, you know, the argument of digs over bar after Hunter went through, um, that to me just doesn't seem like something that they'd want to do right now. Play out your season, make 12.3 million this year. We're not hurting on the cap. We're fine. um, to me, it seems like, all right, let's see what your value is going to be after you add these pass rushing moves in, in part of your repertoire. Would we potentially be wanting to, if I'm the Vikings, thinking, okay, franchise tag is still an option. It's expensive as heck. It's $15.5 million next year for a linebacker, which that's... That's absurd. That's, a, that's more than, like, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin are making uh, this season. And it's, that's obviously that's all estimated. We don't know the exact figure yet, but Jason Fitzgerald from Over the Cap, and I were writing a story the other day, and that's the estimated figure But you take the top ten salaries, what have you. So um, I just don't know right now, um, considering there was some speculation before the draft that Barr wanted out of Minnesota – Um, certainly none of that has been publicly addressed, but that is what I had heard for, for months. And, you know, that to me, nothing obviously got done. So there still might be some of that and where he might want to go and make more and not take a team friendly deal. I can't fault him for not wanting to take a team friendly deal, which would be about Kendrick's price and you know, certainly he's going to want to make more than Kendricks. Do
0: Do you ever wonder if there is some lingering effect of Mike Zimmer and what he said about Anthony Barr? Yes. Because Zimmer has tried so hard, and this includes this right here today, what we saw. Zimmer has tried so hard since that day to say overly positive things about Anthony Barr. He went into the whole thing about drafting him last year. That I think that comment from Zimmer Though it was just kind of an off comment and Zimmer was battling the eye issue. And And what you're
1: referring to is that he was coasting. Yes,
0: that he was coasting. I think that that has stayed with Anthony Barr. I would guess that. And I know that it kind of shook the locker room in 2016 at the end. And you would think that there was enough time in between here. But there is always the chance that he's kind of hung on to that of how hard Zimmer was toward him in public Mm -hmm. and whether he would decide, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm just not going to stay here and I'm going to find somebody who's going to pay me and not say something like that about being public. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I could just see it. If it came to, if you're putting in that bucket of reasons why he could leave money is by far number one, but if there was a number two, Maybe he sees himself as a pass rusher. Do you know? uh, I
1: mean, they didn't use him as one. The first three years, first four years of his career here, guy had 23 and a half sacks in college. Yes, he was drafted as a 4-3 outside linebacker, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those are completely, that's completely off the table.
0: So I'm trying to remember the story here, and I'm looking it up, of Kevin Green. You know Kevin Green? So Kevin Green, early in his career, the Rams had him, not rushing the passer a whole lot, and then they made a change, and he had sixteen and a half sacks two years in a row. Became one of the best pass rushers of all time, and I wonder if Bar, if like I asked him yesterday, hey, is this pass rushing thing is that like your idea yeah. or their idea? And he really wouldn't say. He kind of said, well, you know, you know we it's,
1: tried it, we, and right. you know, for whatever reason, is what he said. Right, they stopped doing it, so it kind of just like. There's subtle digs here that, you know, as I told you, I think Bar being gone is more of a financials thing that they just, the two sides aren't going to agree on worth versus where the team can, what the team wants to give you and what they can.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if there's a number one reason why he ends up going eventually, that will be it. Yours, and then
1: if it's, okay, 40% so I is had, what
0: you're saying. I had 40%. Yeah. I, th- I think that they find a way to convince Anthony Barr to stay. And that maybe rushing the passer is part of that conversation, but maybe he wants to see it in action first. And this is where it is really fun. And just to be clear to Mike Zimmer, we are not reporting any of this. No, this this is all (laughs) – this is all – we're going through scenarios. It is all just possible scenarios just in case. Uh, There is no report happening here about him being traded. But, you know, when we're talking about whether he stays or whether he goes, I think it will ultimately come down to what type of role he's playing and also what type of money he's making. If Zimmer is going to stand up there and talk about his secret value that you can't put down in sack numbers – well, then Zimmer or then Barr can come back and say, well, then pay me with that. Make mm-hmm. sure you give me what I'm asking. And I don't think he's wrong to try to maximize his own value. And if they can find a spot there, then they ultimately get it done. That's how I look at it. So I give more of a chance that they get it done because this team just seems to keep all the players they want yeah. and then work. And around. he
1: is part of the core. I mean, for the last four years, he's been a very valued member of this defense. And I think they want to keep him. I, I'm not saying, you know, I believe Rick Spielman when he says, you know, we try to keep this entire group and keep our window open as long as possible. But he also made a good point at the end, you know, talking with the agents and representation that it's never like, Oh, well we win and you lose type situation. It's, you know, sometimes we're asking a little bit more. It's there's a given, a pull given, a take here Mm -hmm. uh, from the representation side and from the Vikings of what we can offer you, what we're asking, what you want. Um, it's a fine line to walk, but they've, they've done it so far, and I think this was a distraction. I'm not going to lie. I think today was kind of a distraction, and I wonder – because it, it didn't need to be. This could have been handled a lot differently, and it's almost like maybe it just kind of came to a head. Maybe some people were in their feelings. I don't know. Um, we may never know. Curious what the tweak was because he was out there. He looked fine, mm-hmm. just fine today. Um, it's still we'll a see.
0: situation that leaves a lot of questions to be answered as we go forward. Are, are, don't you love about football and covering on a daily basis how many feelings there are?
1: <laughs> so many emotions. Isn't it crazy?
0: Like, Stefan Diggs is crying at the podium the other day or, like, holding back tears I saw Randy Moss hold back tears one day. I've seen Zimmer cry. A how could couple you times. see Randy
1: hold back tears behind those Gucci sunglasses that um, he was wearing at not, the Hall of not Fame? Not today at
0: the Hall of Fame, but when he wore he them did, last
1: night too. I don't think he took them off
0: when he did his uh, press conference here when sure. he was going in the Ring of Honor, and he got choked up. It is uh, amazing the number of feelings that end up being in this game for it's a game. game this, is, this man's game, yeah, it's great. And men don't
1: have feelings, is what I was told.
0: And I love that they like how many people are willing to share how much they love each other. So, like,
1: <laughs> John D. Filippo being like, I love that guy. Yes. Football, football, football. I love that guy. I love that guy.
0: And, uh, like, with Delvin Cook today, asked about Latavius Murray, and he's talking about how he's an older brother to him, and I love that guy.
1: Here's my thing with love. They <laughs> throw around that word, like, pretty loosely. Like, to me, love is unconditional, and it's like, would you run in front of a car for me? Is that how much you love me? No, of course not. I don't want to break my leg. You know, I think like, you should have followed up with that. <laughs> okay. This, this podcast is getting off the rails. Should we talk about Andrew Cindeo? Uh, If you so, want to. Talking about somebody who really loves football. Do you have a take on it? I really do I don't. think it's nonsense. I think it's ignorance on his part. Um, what we're referring to is obviously the make football violent again hat. that uh, It first came to my attention on thursday so after the referee and this really stems from the rules the rules symposium let's call it that um the players had a presentation given to them on thursday night from pete morelli who's the head of nfl officials or an nfl i think not the head but like he's he's a top nfl official referee of the 2009 nfc championship game for those of you who want to relive that um and they were saying that the bar hit was, like, elite, is illegal this year. Really didn't make sense. Mike Zimmer was confused by it. But someone replied to a story I wrote about it uh, with a picture. It said, make make football violent again, and it was sin- clearly Sandejo. Um I didn't know when that hat was from. I didn't know if it was minicamp, but clearly it was from yesterday. So today I walk in, dude's wearing the same hat. I'm like, okay, if you're wearing it, you're asking to be asked about it. Do not give me any of that nonsense where it's, like, you're you're putting it out there, like, I don't – you know, I can wear whatever I want I- It is a strong pointed message that you clearly are directing towards the NFL. And when I talked to him, it was about a minute and like 13 seconds. Um, One word answers. He clearly does not believe that this rule is going to help him in any way. Um, And then he goes out and sends a tweet where he's talking about putting the face mask on top of his helmet. And the the whole new helmet rule is he can't lead with the head. Well, if he puts that up there, I mean, that certainly would make it more dangerous. I think it's disrespectful. I really don't think that it's a smart thing to do to put these things out there when, you know, go ask Mike Wallace what he thinks of that. I understand the position you play is going to become a lot more difficult with this. Everybody else has said players adapt, you know, and we're, you know, they're being asked a lot. Anthony Barr has been through the ringer. Anderson Deho got suspended one game last year uh, for, you know, the hit on Mike Wallace in the first quarter of the Baltimore game. Anthony Barr went through hell, and, and I'm just going to say that because, you know, because I, I honestly felt really bad for him. Like all the backlash he got because of a split second—really, you know, what is he supposed to do? Because they were saying he drove the quarterback into the ground, and it was him rolling off. I don't know. Um, and he's—if uh, he, he's willing to adapt, I think that every—if mean, he's not, you know, up in arms about this, I don't think that it justifies what Andrew Sandejo said with the message on his hat.
0: It reminds me of a uh, few years ago where people like James Harrison came out and they started saying, you know, the whole, uh, what are we supposed to do? And you can't even breathe on the quarterback these days and and on and on and on. And, and players were really up in arms. I mean, this was probably now 10 years ago when this happened. And then everybody adapted to the rules and they all just changed the way they played. And it's all been fine. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a huge issue since then. And the players got over it. They changed their technique. They knew what they could and could not do. And there were a few calls in Vikings games that they just had to deal with. Tom Johnson got one against the Arizona Cardinals in 2016.
1: Remember the roughing the passer call he got this uh, this past year?
0: Yes, where he was falling into, yeah, he, Drew, Brees, into Drew Brees, I think. Drew Brees' right. leg
1: and he couldn't help it.
0: Right. And Anthony Barr got one, too, I think against Chicago comes to mind here. might have been L.A., but um, he got another one where it was a roughing the passer, and it was – it looked kind of like a clean hit, and it was hard to say, and there's always been those debates. But for the most part, the players have just said, okay, we're going to adapt to the rules, and that's how it's going to be. And it hasn't really been a big conversation. But with this Hall of Fame game combined with what Sandejo's doing, I've seen that picked up now everywhere. Yeah. Like TMZ Sports has his hat that they're showing and talking about it and, and what uh, he message that he is sending. And I think that there's just overreaction to this. Like, if you look at what they did in the Hall of Fame game, they called everything. Mm -hmm. One of the hits was clearly illegal, no matter whether it was last year or this year, and they would have called it anyway. And so they're going to call everything, and then they're going to get together as the preseason goes along and say what works, what doesn't work, and then we'll move on from there. This has happened many times with rule changes, where they practice in the preseason on different rules. Everyone gets totally upset and we all talk about it. And then when we get to the regular season, it's fine. That's how I imagine this being. It's fine. And I know the team was really upset about Sandejo's hit on Wallace being suspendable last year.
1: He knocked the guy's helmet off. And it was like a blindside hit. I don't think there's any reason to be upset about it. What he did was wrong.
0: But they, they argued. They had the free Sandejo shirt. Congratulations. And, yeah. They were
1: wrong. That, by the definition, and, I, and hold on. Let me pull up what I what the actual rule is and what, what the one he got suspended for. He tried to appeal it. The rule itself says, quote, there shall be no unnecessary roughness. That shall include, but not limited to, using any part of the player's helmet or face mask to butt, spear, or ram an opponent violently and unnecessarily. The guy was already – wasn't he – he couldn't – it was a blindside hit anyways. Was he not already being tackled, if I can't remember correctly? He was
0: going down to the ground. Yes, and, then to and they they him, that's yeah.
1: – has no place in this game. I don't care if the meathead attitude out there is that, you know, oh, you're like, you know, and honestly, Donald Trump kind of incited that with, uh, I saw that in a TMZ article where he said like, oh, taking away the beautiful tackles of the game, <laughs> like, it's dangerous. There's no, there's no reason for it. It's not the freaking XFL. Like, stop with that nonsense. It's, it's, to me, that's BS. I could get a lot more heated about it because, the Danny Trevathan hit last year nearly killed a guy and made him paralyzed. That is dangerous. We do not need that in football. And if if I just don't understand like where the logic is that like, you know, don't lead with your head. It's and, not
0: that hard. And I think they looked at probably Ryan Chazier too, hurting yes. himself. And I think it's as much about hurting other players as it is guys hurting themselves. So the NFL, I think over the last decade, has done a really nice job of finding the places where a lot of the severe injuries were coming from and then moving away from them. And kickoffs would be one of them. Like, yes, I miss kickoff returns. I want 70 kickoff returns you a year because it's Devin fun. Hester. That, yeah, that, that was, that was right.
1: my childhood.
0: Dante Hall. I mean, there's a lot of them that were really, really good and fun, but... The NFL said, you know, Lou, we got to make changes here. Mm-hmm. We got to change some of these rules around because there are just too many people getting hurt. And they've balanced that well. With you haven't seen NFL fans if you look at the attendances and you look at the ratings, you you haven't seen fans leaving this game because oh it's not violent enough. And with what Sandejo saying, it's fine. It's kind of like what I expect from Anderson Dejo yeah. because he kind of does stuff like this and. Overall, though, he's going to have to play the game probably a little bit of a different way. He's always been a bit of a missile where he just sort of goes 110% at somebody to try and knock him out. And he's just going to have to tweak that or this isn't going to work for him. So you can wear all the hats you want, but that's going to be the rules. And I would also trust the league here, and I know that I don't trust them on much, Mm -hmm. but I would trust the league here that they will eventually normalize to get this right. I don't think they'll ever get a catch right. We'll see. But this one, I think that they will find the right area. And everyone who's tweeting, oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Jeff Schwartz, former Vikings offensive lineman, wrote a column for SB Nation about this how he's seen it a million times. They put in a rule and then they work out the kinks in preseason. And by the regular season, it's good to go. So yeah. that's my expectation. And. Any of these statements that are being put out there, like with Sandejo's hat, it just doesn't really matter. You have to play by the rules no matter what, or you can leave.
1: Absolutely. I have no way to to round this up. I have no issue with the rule itself. The only thing I took away from the presentation yesterday, I'm very confused as to the explanation with Anthony Barr's hit. Yep, That's a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty that's always been in place. You take a look at the language that's in there about not driving a player to the ground. Well, we hear from Pete Morelli, well, it's all, you know, the the real problem here was the driving force and – That's always been a penalty. So if it was such a if if it was you know the whole not reestablishing outside the pocket, what are you supposed to do? Aaron Rodgers pump fakes all the freaking time, and he was not set or established. Maybe we should clarify what being set and established outside the pocket means, because that was certainly not made clear to us. Not made clear to Mike Zimmer. Um, It's almost like this they missed a call. Rodgers was not or Barr was not flagged for this last year
0: Um, or or suspended or or penalized in any way.
1: I, you know, you hear the speculation. Oh, well, they want their stars in the game. This is a, you know, to make it like flag football for quarterbacks. You Can't hit the red jersey. I just don't. My issue with this whole thing is it was not explained well. At all, And what's out there is convoluted, and I wonder if you go to Green Bay to hear the same type of presentation, if it's explained the exact same way as it was to us and the Vikings players.
0: Seems to me like they're just backpedaling on botching that, that that Mm -hmm. should have been a penalty last year, and it should have been a suspension or some sort of fine, that that by the rule, what he did, letting his entire body weight come down on Rodgers and hurting him— That should have been some sort of penalty, but since it wasn't, they decided to go back and go, well, we've gotten a lot of flack from the Packers about that, so we're now going to tell everyone that that's a penalty, and that's supposed to make it right, and it just doesn't really look good for them. When they could, and this is typical NFL, they could just be like, you know what, last year we made a mistake, and we probably should have penalized him, and we will in the future. Moving on.
1: Well, it's not a new rule. It's a point of emphasis. I get that. But let's not get this twisted. There's no new rule. This is article rule 12 article 9 in the in the book and it's the same thing that was there
0: a year before. So they're admitting that they were wrong last yes. year and then calling it point of emphasis as opposed to just saying, saying we, we scratch that. Right.
1: You should put a scale on Roger's back and then see like what happens when a player <laughs> lands on him and right. be like that's only forty nine percent of my body right. weight. That's not the majority of my body weight.
0: We're gonna need some some new data tracking for yeah. that of the percentage of body weight that can come down on a player and that and that is where it gets very tough. Is with Anthony Barr, like do you really at full speed I, I, no have nope, nope, time nope. and you're trying to make a play there. I, I don't asked know. him
1: about it yesterday, and like it's, and I asked Sandejo about it earlier too. Where, um, you know, for defensive players, you're asked to change so much now allegedly, and um, you know, you have split second stuff for for a defensive back that could lead to injury. Like if you're hesitant, that could lead to you tearing your ACL because you're trying to last second cut and make a non crown of your head tackle for Anthony Barr. What what could he have done? I don't. He didn't throw the guy into the ground. Mm-hmm. He wrapped him up. He, he took. We we slowed this down. Our expert level of p- analysis yesterday. We slowed it down. He took the two steps that you get before the quarter. You know, the quarterback throws the ball. One, two, boom. Wrap up. Bring him down. Roll to the ground. Aaron Rodgers put his right arm down to brace himself. He broke his right clavicle because of that. It was. I don't think it was because of the Anthony Barr hit. It was a byproduct of it.
0: And it's very clear that if this was um, Tyler Bray, that it wouldn't even be a conversation. It's really about Aaron Rodgers, but I'm okay with that. I, re- I am. I am okay 100% with protecting the star quarterbacks in the NFL because, you know what, I want to see Tom Brady play until he's 41 because he's the best. I don't want the best quarterbacks in the NFL retiring at 32. I want them to play for a very long time and be good and have the quality of my league be great. If I'm the NFL, that's my thought yeah. process. And sorry, pass rushers. Like, you can't murder the guy anymore. We apologize, but... If the game is going to be at its height, it's quarterbacks that drive its success, and you don't want Aaron Rodgers killing an entire season because he fell on his clavicle, even if it was kind of his fault with the way he put his hand down. Well, that's and like even a natural reaction.
1: You shouldn't have – I mean, what are you going to do? Just be like, don't put your arm down. It's, right, like, yeah. It's, it's natural reaction. It's,
0: it's always easier to point it at the defense and say, you were the one who was wrong here. You should have done something else. My um, fear
1: is that these games are going to take – five and a half hours to complete because we're going to have HD officiating and we're going to have all of these. Everything's going to be reviewed. I mean, all everything's reviewed as it is, but stopping the game. It's going to wreck the flow of the game, I think, the first little while till they figure this out.
0: Yeah, it could take some time. I am a little more confident that there will be so much complaining. Remember when the NBA – was going to be like super hardcore on technicals. Mm-hmm. Like if you cross your eyes at a referee after a dunk, it's technical. And that lasted like a week because the players were like, cause Come on. green was
1: like, you can, you can find me. You can give me all technicals you want. Yeah. I'm not changing. You,
0: right. They weren't going to change. You weren't going to throw star players out of every NBA game because they didn't like foul calls. And the same thing goes here. You're not just going to eject every safety for hitting someone. And it'll normalize. It'll work itself out. I'm confident in that. Um, Last thing, Mm -hmm. Delvin Cook isn't saying for sure how much he's going to do when it comes to the preseason. I think he will be back and playing in preseason games. That is a huge bonus for everybody that he is seeming to be very close to 100%. The big question, and I'm going to elaborate on this, I'm sure, in a future podcast, but question for you if the offensive line is what it is right now, it, is Delvin Cook facing a uphill battle here? He, was, he praised them today. Of course he is going to. You're always going to give credit to the guys up front. But if the offensive line is what it is today, with Mike Remmers dinged up or with Mike Remmers in there, not looking like it is necessarily as strong as it was last year, how much, in your opinion, will that impact Delvin Cook's production?
1: I think he's a smart enough player – not smart enough, he's a very smart player um, – to be able to adjust in run direction, um, you know, where where he has to hit the holes. I mean, this is a work in progress for for him, for the offensive line, for, for everything, for Kirk Cousins. I mean, those protections, I think even going into the season, it's going to be a struggle for – you know, for, for a lot for a lot of them. And I mean for for Dalvin, it's gonna you know, I'm looking at the numbers right now for his rush direction. So I'm getting real technical here. So he took most for you know, for, for the majority of where he took his carries last year came either up the middle, he had thirty-two carries there for 137 yards, or towards the left guard. So between Pat Elfline and Nick Easton, he did twenty carries there for seventy-five yards. 6 outside the left tackle so getting out towards the numbers 9 outside the right tackle 7 towards the right guard. So th- that to me is you know he's if he's going to stay in that same direction I think he's okay. The right side of the offensive line is where we're struggling mm-hmm. to determine okay what what is this. That's the biggest position battle in camp. Say what you want about the wide receivers or anything else. This is this is it finding what that perfect combination is. Mike Remmers, as we said, you know might not be back for a couple weeks because or, you know could be a few more days, could be a couple weeks. They're trying to be cautious with it. Um, right tackle to me is the biggest problem here because we just you know we saw Rashad Hill and Brian O'Neill uh, making you know some adjustments you know on Friday and they were splitting some time and you know Rashad Hill's been coming off illness. Uh, regardless there's still some weak links here and until they find out that starting five you know before the season i think that dalvin's going to have to really you know have kind of a heads up mentality of you know where he needs to be and you know and especially with what direction he's going to rush in because you don't want him to cut the wrong way or potentially you know it, it it could hinder him in his production i think early on you know getting this group right and you know, they've been trying out a lot, a lot of personnel.
0: So when I look at that right tackle battle and think about Delvin Cook as the centerpiece of the offense, mm-hmm. I can't help but think that Brian O'Neill has a chance to win the job because when I go back and I watch Rashad Hill last year, he just was not good as a run blocker. No. I mean, He had a really tough time getting to the second level, and he was not a guy that you could pull with. He was not a guy that you could run a lot of screens with. And I think they want to do a ton of that to get Delvin Cook the ball. And John D. Filippo praised the heck out of Brian O'Neill's athleticism and ability. That's the to reason the they level. drafted him, right?
1: And this team, and what they did when Case Keenum got in, and they started, you know, making the screen game such a huge part of this offense. I think that stays.
0: So if O'Neill outplays Rashad Hill and even sort of holds his own against the edge rushers, even if he's not good, but just like hangs on for dear life. The upside of him might be, this might be similar to Nick Easton where the upside of him is good enough to produce a lot of yards where the downside will only produce a handful of maybe pressures or hits or something like that. That could be the thing they weigh is that Rashad Hill is a more experienced pass blocker and more talented at pass blocking, but O'Neal can do a lot in terms of getting out and, and moving, and they might decide that that's more valuable as we go along, or they might decide neither one of those guys is great, and Danny Isidore is going to play guard, and we're going to move Remmers. This is uh, still something. I, that I to think me, that's the
1: last thing that they want to have happen. I um, think it's far
0: from decided, though.
1: Yeah, I agree. Certainly not yet. I mean, we don't. You know, we have yet to see when. Or have any indication from Mike Zimmer about when Pat Alfline's gonna return too. I mean mm-hmm. there've been some bad snaps out there and Kirk Cousins has, has let people know about it. You can hear him be like bad snap. Uh Nicky two of them yesterday. Um and he had a few like a few the other day. There's you know, people worry about the chemistry building there, and that's certainly something you want to look into with Easton and Elf, or East, or excuse me, Elfline and uh, Cousins about building that. I don't think there will be any sort of hitch because Pat Alfline's an incredibly smart player, mm-hmm. um, and he's been working, he, you know, talked about working on it with Cousins so far, but. There's still gonna be a lot of kinks getting guys back from injury when the whole five of them are gonna to gel together I mean Riley Reeves is the only stable part of this yeah um he's kind of you know over there on an island at left tackle but you don't want to create a revolving door with the right tackle position it's still a very important part of that offensive line I don't know how much longer the Rashad Hill experiment I don't know how much how long it, it's going to last mm-hmm. um, especially when you when you talk about like just some of those breakdowns and run protection that he had last season. Brian O'Neill has better upside. Will he be ready week one through week five when you go through those defenses? I don't know
0: yeah I'm having a tough time figuring out which way it will go because in walkthrough it's Rashad Hill with the first team, and then when we get out there, Hill has been sick, so then O'Neil is getting a lot of those reps, and there's some ups and some downs with him. Uh, I see the same thing John D Filippo is talking about of like the quickness he's clearly got the best quickness of anybody out there. Um, but at the same time does not have that power yet to stop the top edge rushers. So it's good experience for Brian O'Neal, but I don't know if he's going to be ready yet. Um, last thing for you, our Saturday night practice is yes. tomorrow. This has always represented kind of a big point in the training camp. Now, last year I think it was at the end, and now it's earlier on. But one thing – that you are focusing on for the night practice in front of the big crowd in the new stadium?
1: I'm with Judd. I'm worried about this turf. <laughs> you are, huh? Okay. I just, it's brand new. This this team has an issue with its knees to begin with. Just everybody out there, for the sake of this team and the calamity that we've already faced this season, everybody stay safe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it, that thing has no give to it. I, I'm just, I'm looking at wide receivers. Yeah. It, like If I'm looking at a position group, they're they're the deepest right now. I already know who in my head the six are if we're deciding today, but there's still a ton of time for guys like um, Caleb Jones and you know maybe even Jake a guy like Jake Winicky guys to, guys to, I don't know maybe that's you're giving me a face right now who do you, who do you think I mean there's I know my six maybe this is a chance for fine when I uh, Caleb Jones uh, Kendall Wright even to. Have some good, you know, have a good outing out there tomorrow to make a case to kind of turn this around going into the third week of camp. I think Kendall Wright
0: is going to need a a good preseason if he wants to make the team. Yeah. Because today was the first time I saw him line up at all with Kirk Cousins. Yeah.
1: It, it, and we're, how many days in? It started last Wednesday. Like seven, eight? Yeah, he would have gotten here with the vets. So he started last Saturday.
0: Yeah. So we're a week into this and this was the first time he got some reps of the first team that I'm sure could change depending on how things go. So we will keep an eye on that. And as you've probably noticed, we are coming fast and furious with podcasts. So we will be back shortly to break down everything that has happened in the Saturday night practice and then beyond. So we appreciate you all listening to the Purple Podcast.